What's up, world, and welcome back to the Vibes and Stuff Podcast, where hip-hop heads discuss hip-hop topics. On today's show, we'll first discuss a couple of news nuggets, such as Logic's new group and its controversial group name. We'll answer the question on whether or not Ice Spice is milking pretty privilege. Then we'll dive into the marriage of hip-hop and AI technology and discuss the videos, sample recognition, and versions of AI songs that have been hitting the internet and discuss whether they are good, bad, or in between for the culture. Then we'll dive into a discussion of when rappers hate their own music and run through a few albums and songs that rappers have in their own discographies that they've expressed a distaste for. Then for our album Face Off, we'll be putting Retropolitan by Sky Zoo and Pete Rock against Jewelry by Your Old Drew and weigh in on which album we felt was better and why. And then the crew will share what they've been bumping for the week. So with that, please kick back and enjoy the show. Yo, what's going on, Vince? Yo, what's up, Ian? What's up? What's good? What's good, my brother? That man just got through eating. <laughs> my brother got the itis. Feeling oh, up. man. <laughs> I know that's time coming. to get on the, Now it's time to get on the, the best part of this Monday evening, man. This podcast. Ah, uh, man, you know it. You know it. It's, it's my favorite part of the week, too. <laughs> how, do, how How's the family, though? Oh, we good, man. We saw that uh, Super Mario Brother movie yesterday. Oh man, how was it? I'm, I've been I've been meaning to see that. Go see it as soon as you can, man. This might be. Uh, it was. It's hard to explain, but this might be one. It's one of the best movies I've seen in a while. Yeah, I heard it's it's been getting like great reviews. You know, I was like I was like, man, you know what? I might pull up for that. But like, I'm hearing all the reviews about it. I'm like, I, I might need to definitely pull up for this. Dude, it's so nostalgic and it's 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 only an hour and a half, so it's really short, but it's okay. definitely sweet. They the 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 humor is right on. It's perfect. The humor is perfect. It might be like the the nicest movie I've seen in a while, man. I it's it's yeah, just go see it, man. It's you you gonna love it. As a child that played, that grew up playing Mario, yeah. Oh yeah, you know, you know, World One 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 was like everybody got from our generation got that like memorized. You know what I'm saying? And they in they brain, you know. Yep. It's like it's that integral to our childhood. So, yeah, I'm I'm a definitely pull up for. But you said it's it's good, decent family fun, huh? Oh yeah. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. So I um <laughs> I got a chance last week to check out that LL Cool J that Mr. Smith album. What you think about it, bro? It's 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 a sleeper, man. Like, I I knew like a handful of songs that were on it, but I didn't know all the songs that were on it because some of the songs that were on it I thought were on Phenomenon in '97. Um, so it was kind of like good to get that refresher. But like, the album is dope, man. Like like, just in terms of like mid '90s, like solid like mid '90s commercial hip-hop production like like it, it it really delivers man like I, I was pleasantly surprised by like how crisp and you know nod worthy it was 
Man, did you did you like the uh the uh what I call it the bootleg uh brand new flavor in your ear uh song? Now which one was that? I, I would have to search it to look up the name, but it had it had the same tones as uh flavor in your ear. Um I would have to I would have to look it up. Okay, but, okay. But man, yeah. like, man, I just I just yeah, well no, I'll let you talk about it more. Now, I got I got all the way up to uh, well I listened to the whole thing, but I was flooded with certain memories and feelings when I got to the I Shot Your Remix. Now I'm explain why, because <laughs> I texted you about this. Um, back in about 2009, me and my homeboy we were in a group we were in a group together rapping you know rapping together and we were we were you know recording our album and or in the process of recording an album and you know we were just kind of we kind of hit a rut creatively so we (laughs) we were looking for a way to kind of like light a fire under each other so i suggested yo why don't we battle have a why don't we battle each other record like this records about each other on wax And 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 you know one person you know whoever whoever strikes first strikes first and whoever you know then the next person responds to it and you know we'll play it play the the records for our friends or whatever and have them weigh in on who they felt one and everything you know and all of that and he was like dad I'm down I'm down I'm down so I recorded I I, I struck first <laughs> and I recorded a diss track on my boy shout out to Jay called. It was it, it was um, it was a friendly fire. The name of the track was Friendly Fire, and I dissed him over Biggie's Dead Wrong beat. And oh I dissed, no, I dissed him over Biggie's Dead Wrong beat. And I actually brought the track to our homeboy's house. We were all, uh, you know, we were all just kicking it there one night, you know, just to play uh, Xbox or whatever. And it was a bunch of uh, our other homeboys there who also into hip hop. I was like, yo, y'all want to hear this diss track I made on, on Jay? And it was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you said Jay? Are you talking about Jay Baxter? No, 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 oh, no. Okay, okay. Yeah, another Jay. And and so I, I, I it was like, yeah, yeah, let's hear it. So they put it on. They played the track, and I'm going hard on them, right? And like, they're like, man, this is, this is pretty good. <laughs> this is pretty good. So you know how it is when you when you know a person you grew up together you know certain things about them that other people might not know and you can like you can take shots there but but we kept it clean kept it above the belt no dirty shots or nothing like that it was it was very very sportsmanlike so he responds a couple of weeks later because like I really got at him I really got at him he responds a couple of weeks later dissing me over. The instrumental to the I Shot Your Remix. Okay. And boy, he had me on the ropes. He had me on the ropes. I had to really reach in my bag for my next response. And (laughs) because this dude is like, he is like literally the most technically proficient rapper I I know personally. Uh Uh-huh. Like I was, I was honored that he even wanted to rhyme with me because back then I felt like I just wasn't on his level. So that's saying that's saying a lot because you 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 are really a dope writer. 
Oh, I appreciate that, man. I, I really do. I really do. It, it it took years to get for me to get to that point, but I, I did eventually get there. But like, so he dissed me over I Shot Your Remix. So and he 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 had me sweating, man. He had me sweating. <laughs> so I eventually responded back with another diss, and I blended uh I blended Long Kiss Goodnight, uh that, that RZA produced for Biggie with i did like i did uh like a minute and a half of that and then i had it blended into a second round knockout by cannabis and i did the 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 kind of second half of of my response track over that and uh fortunately was able to to put them away (laughs) you know and uh, i was was like man i can't let this dude get no air if he gets in the air it's over you know what i mean i'm like let me you know let me put a couple more shots in them, you know what I'm saying, to, to really sit, you know, seal the victory. But Vince, down to this day, I cannot listen to the I Shot Your Remix without <laughs> thinking about that diss and thinking about the bars and thinking about like how he got at me. And it was cool. It was, it was, we took it, you know, we took it as just good old fashioned MC uh, sportsmanship. You know, it, it wasn't. It wasn't bitter or anything like that. We didn't fall out over it. You know, it was just, it was literally like a test of skills, you know, but because- Yeah, it's like some, like some good old Chicago roasting over a track. Exactly, exactly. But because we knew so much about each other personally, it was like, it, 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 was, it, was, it was interesting. It, it really got interesting to like outsiders looking in. So um, to this day, bro, I cannot listen to that song without thinking about that diss track. You, you care to uh, put some lyrics out there that he said? Oh man, <laughs> man, um, I can't at the moment. I can't at the moment, but I I know he was like, what did he say? It, it's like like he <laughs> he was basically saying I was a biter. Uh, what else? Uh, oh wow, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, just just MC stuff. You soft, you know. And I was getting at him about. You know his lack of drive and you know his 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 partner you know she was a spoken word artist and she had a, a, a better career than him without even rhyming over beats so i was getting at him about that you know oh wow wow <laughs> but uh but oh, it was wow. it was it was fun but i every time i hear that beat man i think about that <laughs> man Hey, I wish we could do something like that now, but I don't think it, it would make sense now. But I, I just love, I love that challenge of right, man. I like to be challenged. Oh yeah, this was this was most definitely challenging. The first disc record I, I recorded, it came to me, the lyrics came to me pretty easily, you know, but that second one, I really kind of had to dig deep, you know, for my response, but yeah, it was, it was, it was, it, it's, it's a nice thing to kind of just get the creative juices flowing. You know, and kind of help remind yourself, like, okay, yo, I, I can do this. You know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, but that was cool. That was cool. That's a cool story, man. I like that. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, and every time I hear them first couple of measures on that beat, <laughs> think about that. Who know, shot you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. Um, Real I quick. found the name of that. I found the name of that song. It's called uh, "As Is." As is, okay. Yeah. When you hear it, it's gonna be like the uh, 
the, a poor man's flavor in your ear. As is or life ass? I'm sorry, life ass. Life ass, okay. Yeah. Oh, I remember this. This was actually one of my favorite joints. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, call it. Poor man's flavor in your ear. For sure. All right, man. Jamil's favorite MC, man, Logic. He he he's in the news again. Um <laughs> Did you hear about this new group he's been he's formed? No, I haven't. I like a lot of times when I look over the itinerary, some stuff I will research out, but then I just like to have uh, um an honest reaction, you know, to certain things. Okay, for sure, for sure. Well, we'll definitely get one from you tonight. <clears throat> um, <laughs> so it says here, Logic has teamed up with longtime friend and collaborator C. Castro to form a brand new rap group called Drumroll. The name of the rap group is Have Breed. Oh no. And it looks like fans are divided over the announcement. Uh, it says what began as what some fans believe to be an April Fool's joke appears to be coming to fruition. Um, the Maryland MC took to Instagram where he shared the cover art for the upcoming project alongside a potential release date for the group's de- uh, debut EP. And he verified that the name of the group is, I don't know if it's Half Breed or The Half Breeds. And uh, let me see. I'm going, I'm, uh, some of the statements read, some of the reactions. Here it says, uh, bro, Logic did not go from song to song reminding us he black and white to now finally making a rap group called Half Breed. <laughs> Laughing emoji. This nigga is mad consistent and I hate it. This nigga's mad, yeah, mad consistent and I hate it. Then he said, uh, another person said, of all the names you cut up, L-M-F-A-O, nah, this is so unserious. Anything to tell us you're half white and half black. And some people thought it was a fire name, but like, I don't know, man. How, how do you feel about this? Like, you feel it's just too on the nose? He's a true wigger for this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, all, I, all I can say, man, I didn't mean to interrupt, but all I can say is that once again, nobody asked for this. Like every time logic seems to come up now, it's, it's always a nobody asked for this moment. He did the ice cube situation, nobody asked for that, and then he just keeps bringing up, he keeps belaboring the point. It's like, okay, but it's like he isn't, he has no self awareness, or he, he has no ability to read the room. It's like it's like the person that keep bringing the same conversation up every time you talk to them or get into like a social situation and it's like everybody is like man i'm so tired of hearing it like this is logic man he keep bringing up that he's half white half black like the honestly the only re- the only way i would listen to this album well i'm probably gonna end up listening to it some way shape or form but the only way i would be interested in listening to this album is if j cole was on because because yeah, he's it- a half breed it's interesting that you bring up J. Cole because J. Cole is also, yeah, he's mixed or biracial, but you never really hear him bringing it up. That's why I brought it up. Like, J. Cole is a half-breed, but he doesn't he doesn't bring it bring it up on purpose. Like, if it comes up, it comes up, but he doesn't 
go right. out it's not a, to bring to talk about that or bring that conversation up every that talking point every time exactly like he, he it's not like a selling point for him like it's just like it's something that's part of him but it, it's not a selling point for him he doesn't he doesn't lead with it you know and I, I i've heard i've heard logic in interviews talk about how his mother was like emotionally abusive to him because he was half black growing up so i'm thinking like i'm starting to think it's like is this some sort of like unresolved trauma that he's still working through it you has know? to be because it, it it for most people it it plays like it plays to me which is just like just a just a a, a selling point and a reminder to everybody that he's different and you should listen to him and check out his experiences and his music because he comes from this very unique perspective and it's like it's just to me it's it, first of all it's not even that unique anymore it's like you know when we were growing up i don't know about you vince but when i was growing up in grammar school i knew like two biracial kids like during my whole grammar school tenure you know and then when i got to high school like i, I might have known maybe four you know but back then it was it was it was a little bit more rare you know, but now, man, it's it's biracial people walking, you know, everywhere now, you know. Um, so it's not that it's not even that unique anymore, you know, as, as race relations have slowly improved over over time. Um, and in the 90s, maybe you could have got away with naming a group to have breeds, but it's like now it's just corny. It's just corny. And there are some biracial people who find that term offensive, but it's yeah. just... Uh I, yeah, I, um, I hope I hope I, I, I my, my most charitable read on it is that maybe he's still in his adulthood is still working through some childhood trauma that he grew up with uh, being biracial, but but looking kind of like white passing, you know, I don't know, man, this is just it's just weird to me. It's just weird to me. Yeah, if if it wasn't because actually the name ain't bad, but see the fact that his logic is what messes it up. It's like this is a scheme. Like you, you, you're scheming in some way, shape, or form. But if there was like a whole nother group, like say there was a group of three or four cats, they all were mixed in the same way, and they made a group. They came out as that group. That would, I, I think, it would be dope. But just since it's logic doing it, it's that's what accordingness comes in because it's like you the the reasons you're doing and only you know why but we also know that it's not genuine it's, it's something it or if it, it just doesn't feel authentic or genuine it feels like some type of a scheme or a play um if it, it feels like he trolls himself man i, I don't i don't get it man <laughs> i don't understand why he does this I mean, I get what you're saying. You're, you're saying it would have been cooler if it if if maybe the group performed more organically. Yeah, or like, okay, say it was like, like I said, four guys. They rap. They know each other, and they happen to have moms that are white and fathers that are black. Then they name themselves that. I think their identity is that will be cool because you don't know them from. You, like you don't know them from anywhere other than that like so that would kind of make you gravitate towards them because it's like well let's see what their viewpoints or their perspective of life is because of it but then you have a guy that's already belabored the point that he is that 
people are tired of hearing him speak on that because he plays both sides and then use that as a ploy to make a, a group when nobody even asked you to do that in the first place like we were happy you retired and then you were, now you know, came back doing this corny stuff yeah yeah I mean you know logic logic is it's just I don't know man he, he he's trying to appear cool to people who have already accepted him and you know when he did that that suicide prevention song you know a lot of people including myself are willing to give him props for that you know whether he stole the idea from Jordan Lucas I don't I, know I, I was just about to say that you I'm, mean the idea he took from Jordan <laughs> I'm not I'm not here to relitigate that but yeah. <laughs> but but um you know I I felt that messaging putting that messaging in a in a, in a hip-hop song was 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 dope you know and, and definitely needed so like in my opinion he could have just rolled that way you know but it's like it's like he's always trying to find an angle you know and it's like you know he he leans a lot into this biracial thing and i'm not saying biracial people should not embrace their biraciality however with him it's just so much overkill with it and it's like you know okay bro we know already you know and i'm starting to think that maybe maybe because of his childhood he had a tough time accepting it and now that he's an adult he's just going to embrace it more i don't know I, I don't i really don't know but this is i don't know this is weird to me but um <laughs> in other news in other news nuggets there's a conversation going on in hip-hop right now it's it's new not so new but the conversation is surrounding whether or not ice spice is milking pretty privilege uh, in terms of boosting her career is is that something that you is that first of all is pretty privileged and, and a notion you subscribe to and if so do you think she is cashing in on it oh pretty privilege is definitely a thing and i do believe she's prescribing to it but why wouldn't she like I mean, she she looks like a brat. She looks like a she's a pretty brat doll, like a human brat doll, you know. <laughs> and um, like she is attractive. But one thing I will say about her is that I don't think that she's not taking her writing seriously. Like she's, I don't think she's disrespecting the craft, but she is taking advantage of how pretty she is or how attractive people think she is. She's definitely doing that, but I don't think she's doing it. And, and not putting work towards her craft. Cause I do see her improvement. I just don't, I don't feel her cadence. I'm, I'm, I don't necessarily like the cadence of that new style of rapping, but like, yeah, yeah you listen that, to what she's saying. It's not, it's not whack what she's saying. Is is that cadence <clears throat> she raps in? Is that a thing? I, I didn't know if that was a thing for like drugs. Oh it's, oh, it's definitely a thing, especially in New York. Like. There's this uh there's these freestyles I've seen on YouTube. I forgot the style that it's called, but they it was like something, something freestyle, something, you know, and everybody was rapping like that. Boys and girls. And I'm like, okay. Oh, it's a thing. Like they do that. And um Yeah, it's yeah. I it, it's not it's not the sound for me. But she's not she's not horrible. It's just that to me, all her sound, all of her songs sound the same. She, it's the same talking points. 
and it's the same cadence and her voice she's so soft-spoken it's like yeah it's not for me but i don't I, it's definitely pretty privilege um yeah yeah i because I, I uh La lady rage no disrespect <laughs> uh, Lady Rage can make a song uh, make much. <laughs> right, right. Shout out to Lady Rage. Like I, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Like I didn't know if that cadence that she raps in is was like a, a drill thing or if that was just her. Because I was like, yo, she sounds kind of offbeat, you know. And you know, I'm yeah, not, it's a not thing. really feeling this, but like. You know, and I'm not necessarily saying pri pri utilizing your pretty privileges is, is, is wrong because other female rappers definitely have done that before her. You know, with her, I do think it's 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 that I think it's a convergence of a lot of things that went right for her at the at the right time. It's like, you know, yep. she blew up off TikTok. She she came up during this whole drill craze she can twerk you know she she happens to be pretty it's like i think all that stuff kind of lined up for her at the right time because it's like even with her interviews i listen to her interviews it's like okay you, you know how like I, I do this sometimes maybe you do it too vince but like sometimes it's like if, there, if there's not a lot i know about a rapper i'll 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 purposely watch an interview with them just to see if i could pick out something there to build off of yeah i, I do it I, I did that with her actually and even with her interviews, it's just like whenever, even when she talks, it's just like I, I'm not, I'm not hearing necessarily a dumb chick, but I'm, I'm hearing a very young chick. Yeah, yeah, you're hearing a very young chick from New York. That's how, that's how they talk now. And um, you, like she's representing for, for her crowd of, of girls um, from New York. Like that's just how they talk. I've I've like researched it enough and, and seen. You know, sometimes I'll be watching those uh those uh hood interviews too, where people will go in the hood and interview people and stuff. And yeah, that's how they talk out there now. Uh, the young kids. Okay. Okay. Because <clears throat> you know it's a mixture of it's a mixture of different languages, different cultures, and they. You know they have slight accents but they've created like this this accent and that's yeah that's how they talk yeah 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 she just she just sounds just very young and and not like i'm not gonna say she's inarticulate but she hasn't found a way she hasn't really found her own voice yet her her own self yet her own personality it's like it's like i i contrast that to say uh, Cardi B in her interviews and like how how opinionated and charming she is, you know, or even Nicki Minaj. Like I saw a, a Nicki Minaj interview where she was on the Colbert show, and it was just like, oh, that's right, this chick got something going on. Like, you know, she she she's charming, she's she's witty, you know, like you know she could freestyle like at the drop of a hat, like, and she's also twice Ice Spice's age. So and she's pretty too, even though no, nah, she didn't have too much plastic surgery. So it's looking, she looks right. wacky no, now. But I mean, like, yeah, she's pretty too. She's pretty too. But she's pretty, but she has all these other things going for her too. And like, maybe yeah. I'm just at that age where it's just like, 
trying not to say too much here. I'm at that age where I just appreciate a more seasoned woman. No, I know, I know what you're saying, man. Um, no, I know what you're saying. There's, it's more to just beauty. Like, like the older you get, the more, you know. I mean, and we're we're both married men, but like the older you get, the more conversation and stuff like that is important. Other than just like, man, she bad. Right, right. You know, and and you know, Nicki Minaj can hang. You know, like conversationally. Whereas with Ice Spice, it's just like, ah, this is. Hey, how old are you? Twenty, twenty-one. Okay, yeah, I thought so. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, maybe once she gets to be Nicki Minaj's age, she'll you know she'll have more layers to her. But if she makes it that far, um, yeah, uh, I wonder if she's gonna still be uh, motivated to rap after three years. Man, who knows? Who knows? Because I don't, I don't think. I don't think drill is gonna be a thing for a very long time. Like, I think it's gonna go the way of crunk. Uh, I think it's here to stay because they got that that sturdy dance that they do with that music, and then you know they got they got drill overseas. So you know, European drill that's that's catching a lot of steam. I don't know, man. I don't know. Did you hear Danny Brown clowning drill rappers? <laughs> Nah, what he? <laughs> oh, what what he done say? I'll send you the I'll send you the clip. <laughs> okay. Talking on ops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to see it, man. I'm gonna have to see it. <laughs> but um, moving right along, man. This was a this was a a topic. This this next topic is one that I, I really wanted to uh, delve into, and that's that's hip hop. The marriage between hip hop and AI, artificial intelligence. And it appears that AI, man, is here to stay. Like, and I'm not talking about sentient AI, because everyone, people think of artificial intelligence, they think about Terminators and the movie Space Odyssey 2001 and, you know, uh, robots going evil and whatnot like that. But, a- AI is a very it's it's still a very new thing but it's it appears to be a very real thing and it's it's starting to spark concerns now there are a couple of areas in which AI converges with hip hop and the the first one we'll cover are our music videos um with AI images that spit out basically yeah spit out images <clears throat> that's fed to it through the lyrics of the actual music have you seen these videos? I think I have. Yeah. Okay, they're floating around on YouTube. There, there's quite a few of them. The first one I saw was like a video for Wu Tang Clan's Triumph, and it was basically like throwing up all these rapid images of, of different things based on what they were rapping about, and it was it was honestly pretty interesting. And then I've seen some other more trippy videos that are pretty cool. What do you think about that convergence? Because I'm going to get on like sample recognition and, and AI songs in a in a second, but I first wanted to cover the video aspect of it. How do you feel about it? You think it's it's cool or you something you want to see more of? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's cool because uh, like I don't think that that's encroaching on the artist with the videos like that. I don't think it's an encroachment, and then especially if it it uh, allows 
the original artists to possibly make some more money from people listening to their music in a different way. Um, I'm all for that, you know. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I... With the videos and stuff, like, I don't mind it. I, I, I've actually liked what I've seen so far with that. I do kind of worry about what it means for, like, actual uh, music video directors and artists, you know, visual artists in the future. Because if people could kind of just lean on an app, an AI app to spit out certain images for a video, then that means that video might not have a chance to... to, to or that's the video for that particular song might not be able to come to life with the help of a you know some hungry young director out there who's trying to you know get his first big break or an you know, animator who you know is trying to get his first big break so i do kind of worry about that part of it because anytime you have machines and computers doing stuff humans can do it's like you kind of got to think about the human element that's being left behind so I, I don't know. I, I personally worry about that. Now, there's this other conversation, too, about AI and sample recognition. And I got to say, I kind of saw this coming because different um, streaming platforms have. I know YouTube has a has a, uh, a recognition, an audio recognition team. And I believe Spotify does as well. To just kind of pick out certain stuff that might encroach on um, copyright that might be copyright infringement of another artist and now they're using ai that could take a fraction of a chop and identify the source of the sample and potentially cause trouble for that particular artist or producer what do you feel about that i hate the sound of that I hate that because that's just going to take away from human creativity. Now, the sampling stuff, I get it, but then in some ways I don't. Because I think I think sampling a song is honestly one of the biggest ways, if not the biggest way to pay respects and, you know, like you, you, you giving flowers to a, an artist by sampling their music. Now, completely just playing a track like 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 Puff Daddy used to do. Mm-hmm. That's 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 encroaching. I feel like you're encroaching then, but like if you play, if you get a sample, I feel like you just, you know, paying your respects and making a beat from something that you thought was dope. You know. So like for them to from these fractions and stuff like that, now it's like that's just going too far. It's you making it, you taking away from the art and you making it about money. And like, that's just too far. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's like the technology to me is cool. If, 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 if you, you have it and it can do that, if it has that capability, yeah, that's cool. But if it's only going to further corporate interests, then you're going to potentially be robbing the same people that you grew up respecting and idolizing because I, I've, I've heard Premier weigh in on this a couple of times like it's called sample snitching where where producers reveal where they got a particular drum break from or a particular sample or or loop or whatever and you know I, I agree or I'm against sample snitching because part of the mystique 
of a producer being dope is not knowing where he got this stuff and not knowing how he flipped it or how he distorted it and, and changed the pitch of it or reversed yeah. it. You know, you know what I mean? Or slowed it down or whatever. It's like that's part of the fun. That's part of the skill too. Like so to kind of have technology that could that could potentially uh uh get rid of all that or, or force artists to go broke because they constantly having to pay out money for it to use these samples or for sample clearances it's just to me it's a it's a slippery slope you know it's a slippery slope because part of the part of the game part of the culture is being able to produce certain things and people not know where it's from you know that's exactly and also like if you're taking away from what the culture was at its creation it's like like the music industry itself the money involved with it has taken hip-hop from from taking too much from the, the the original culture and like i think that's just too much it's like i get it like i said if you if you just record if you just get an instrumental somebody's song and just rap on it that's different than you getting a piece of somebody's song and you making a whole song from it. And it's like, there should be a threshold of where it's like encroaching on a person's uh, art, creative process, you know, what, what is it called? Uh, intellectual property. There should be a threshold. And a fraction of a, of a sample is not the threshold, in my opinion. It's not, man. It's not. It's you know the people who are pushing this or pushing this concept. You know that okay, we could take a fraction of a beat and identify where it came from, and you know then make them pay for it. It's just like these these people have zero knowledge of what the culture came from, you know, and it's just it it, it could it could really kill it, man. It could really kill it. But on the other hand, too, it's like. You know, when it comes to clearing certain samples, it's like uh, if the artist was still alive, they might have put certain stipulations on the sample. Like, like for instance, with uh, Aretha Franklin and Miss Fat Booty, she cleared the sample, but she didn't want cussing on the record that most Def did. That's why there's only one cuss word on that whole record. And I hear on some versions of it, that cuss word is even added. Yeah. Well, I wonder what she did for JID's uh, surround sound. <laughs> oh, because it's the same sample, right? Yeah, that's a um, see, that's a sample off of her song. But what see, she that's did the, now, that's the thing. That's the thing. If you're sampling a song that was already sampled, is that a loophole? That's true because you're sampling the sample. <laughs> Like he sampled Miss Fat Booty, he didn't sample Aretha Franklin's uh, uh, "One Step." I think is the name of the song. Yeah, "One Step at a Time." I think. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Now another another thing too is like Stevie Wonder. He's the same way. Like he'll clear samples for hip hop artists to use, but he has to personally approve it. So I, you know, I guess that's that's cool. I mean, hey, look, it's his music. His his. His wishes, whatever. Um, yeah, that's the, and that's cool. Like, if like that's respect, but also a fraction of it. But even Stevie wanted to be like, 
oh no, you can't use that that fraction of a sound. Like, come on, come yeah. on, this is too much. Yeah, when you get in a like fra- like 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 fractions and bits of a second, <clears throat> to me that's overkill because. I mean, sound palettes and notes and everything, it's like, that's universal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of like if, I, if I'm a visual artist and I'm trying to create something and somebody, another artist comes along and they're like, oh, you can't use that blue. I own that color blue. And it's like, wait, what? So now I have to like add some more purple or green to the blue to change it or distort it so that it's not the same color blue. And it's just like, you know, it could get. I, I I don't know. I see music and art as one and the same, and it's like, yeah, it could get dicey, man. It could really get dicey. And it's all it's all under the guise of money. That's the only reason. Yeah, yeah, and, and ways for labels to squeeze more money out of people because you know the the, the record industry has changed. It's 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 no longer what it was 20, 30 years ago, and they gotta come up with new ways to make more money. So. Yeah, you remember that song "Deja Vu"? Uh, Peter Guns and Lord Tariq did back in like '98. Yeah, that, what, what beat did they use? Who? What artist is that? Uh, they used Steely Dan. Yeah, Steely Dan. Yeah. Did you know? Did they sign when Steely Dan got word that they were using that sample? Did you know Peter Guns and Lord Tariq signed away the writing, writing, publishing, and masters to that particular song to Steely Dan? A hundred percent of it because they didn't think the song was gonna blow. So if you look at the writing credits for that song, all the writing credits are for the members of Steely Dan and not Lord Tariq and Peter Guns. They don't That's make a cent. They don't make a That's cent off that song. So they make money off of uh, performing it though. They can, yeah, yeah. Of course, if they make do, do, a, do a, a show performing it, they can make money off the show definitely, but as okay. far as like publishing and all of that, no, they don't see any of that. That's messed up because that's the only song that anybody remembers for Peter Gunn. <laughs> I know, that's what I said. That's what I said. I'm like, wow, who would have who would have thought? Because that's that's well, that, least, yeah, that biggest hit. Yeah. Well, at least that didn't happen to uh Glorilla because dude messed her up on that um FNF. She ain't, she ain't made no money off that song. And that was like, that's the hottest song so far. Oh, wow. Yeah, he yeah he did something the way it messed up. But um, she all together now with her contracts and stuff. So now she's been making some dope music. So she getting paid. Okay. Okay. And let's see. The third way AI is converging with hip hop. Um, you might have seen this. Versions of hip hop songs being created by AI in rappers' voices, despite the rapper not being the one to have recorded it. Have you seen this? Yeah, I've seen like, um, like examples of it, but I haven't like seen like a huge amount of it. Okay. Did you did you hear the Eminem song that they released? No, I didn't hear that. Okay, in the early days of this AI stuff, they they released the Eminem song that was just about cats. And, you know, this, the, it got some traction or whatever. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. But, like, what's, what's, what's sad is that the track sounded better 
than anything Eminem has done most recently. And it's 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 a rap song and Eminem's voice. The sound is just like him. And then they've done other songs. They they released a, a version of Munch in Drake's voice. And it was another Drake song floating around out there. They did a, a, a version of Today Was a Good Day in Kanye's voice. They did uh did you hear the Kendrick Lamar version of Stan? No. Oh, uh, no. Okay. No, I haven't. But they, they've got all these different songs that, 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 that AI has made with these rappers' voices, and it sounds just like them. And, of course, of course, you know they had to dip into Tupac and Biggie. Of course. And there's about there's about three or four Tupac AI songs floating around on YouTube. There's a few Biggie ones. There's one with Biggie rapping uh, Wu Tang's Cream. There's another one where Biggie did a version of Dear Mama. Um, he did a version of Shook Ones, and it sounds just like Biggie. Now, of course, they fed all of Biggie's recordings into the AI so that it could synthesize his voice. But it's just tripped out that they can do this now. Yeah, I mean, I saw it coming. The next step is them actually making an album with new lyrics, all AI rendered with their voices. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 the fear. Now, the fear is that industry adjacent people will claim authenticity of certain recordings just to make money, which I could totally see. And and people won't be able to tell the difference now. Hopefully now now this this Drake stuff that didn't hit the net, Drake's lawyers have already moved on it and issued a cease and desist because their argument is that uh using the name and likeness of a person without their permission is, is copyright infringement and they're saying voice would be covered under likeness. But everything is so new, they don't they really don't know. Like, did you hear this Jay-Z song called Savages that just that dropped? That that's actually not Jay-Z, it's another guy. But he used Jay Z's voice and, and is also his own voice, so it sounds like they're rapping together. Like, bro, it sounds just like Jay Z. I'm, I'm gonna put it at, at the end of this this pod, you know, just so people can hear it. But yeah, these plugins, man, that they've made—they're amazing. They they can make you really sound like a person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, is 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 hip hop music gonna have to come with a certificate of authenticity now, or like? Verify that so, it's the actual real artist doing this who made the song. Like it's just, I wonder where all this is gonna go. Um, it's gonna get muddy. It's probably gonna get muddy very soon, but it'll figure itself out once the um language gets redistributed. Because you know, when new technology comes, new language to um as far as infringement is concerned, or like you know, you gotta rewrite the laws because of the new technology. Um, so it'll just be new language. But right at, at the beginning of it, before all of that, it's gonna get money. But I will say this, it is cool if the person that's being emulated is deceased. Like Tupac and Biggie, that's cool. To me, that's cool. I, I can't find um, it, it is cool. It yeah, is cool. that's cool to me. <laughs> Uh, Drake though, 
Drake doing a Kendrick Lamar song, that's that's stupid. Like, why? Why? Now, making an out making a Tupac album from AI and a Biggie album from AI, like to me that's kind of cool. Like that's cool. Like that's technology used in a cool way. Also, I think it's it's paying respects. Like yeah. what if they what if you can have like a you got the AI has gotten so good that you can make a collaborative album with all the rappers that have passed away within the 10 years. You know, so you got uh you got Prodigy. Uh, I mean just all of like, all of yeah. the guys. You Big pun. you can put it together. Big yeah, I, yeah. I think that hey, there you go. I think that would be cool. And also, I, the reason I think it'd be cool is because a lot of people are just listeners of music. They don't. There's some people that love artists will never go to a concert. Yeah, there's a lot of people like that. So like, it would be entertaining for them to listen to it, but it never could be a concert thing because they're dead. You know. Um, but it's silly to have Kendrick Lamar. Um, singing a Nicki Minaj song like that's dumb like yeah I, I mean I, they, I don't there's nothing for that they were doing that just to kind of like test it out just to see how good it would sound and now that they know and see what's tripped out is that like this is still like version 1.0 like once they improve on the technology and by this time next year they could I bet they could make it sound like really authentic you know with yeah with with ad libs and you know certain you know, breathing inflections certain rappers used to have. Um, yeah. You know, once the technology advances a little more, it's just I I, I worry about I worry about a, 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 a some some slick nigga out there or or where she at a, a record company or you know a, a, a less than forthcoming record company being like yeah you know. We got these old Biggie recordings, or we got this old Big L album that he was gonna record for Rockefeller, and blah blah blah, and, and you know, and and try to make money off of it. Well, I can see that too, but they would have to be very filtered on the AI because if there's any reference to anything that happened after they passed away, the jig is up, you know. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. So, you got a but, I wrote this in '94 type scenario. <laughs> and he talk, and he talking about the floods, and um, <laughs> you know the the, the floods in, in in Louisiana. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> I wrote this in '94. <laughs> yeah, but like, um, I think also the next step that's gonna come is like metaverse concerts with like the AI. That's already dead rapper. Yeah, yeah. So like, so like, I think in some ways the technology is cool because it's like it's. I feel like it's respectful, and it's paying homage to to an artist. And I mean, like, hey, if somebody wanted to purchase that, like, what's wrong with it? If somebody want to pay their money to listen to that, or 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 get on Metaverse and see that, what's the problem? What's wrong? But it gets weird if they trying to do it while an artist is alive. Like, what if they try to make a Drake album when uh, when Drake is making albums? Like, that makes no sense. Like, now you taking, you going past, like, where the respect is. You're encroaching on this on this artist. 
because the way the computers made and created the technology, they can write better than the actual writer. And like that's yeah, that's silly to me. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, like, and I people kind of took note of that immediately because that Eminem song, people were like, "This sounds better than the stuff Eminem is putting out now." And also with the Drake stuff, also with the Kanye stuff, because there's been a, quite a few Kanye AI songs put out there, and it's like, yeah, he ain't, he ain't recording nothing. This this nice, you know. And I'm not even sure if the lyrics are 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 entered into the same AI, I'm sorry, AI through text, or if they're answering it, or if they're they're rapping the lyrics themselves, and then putting it in the rapper's voice, that I don't know. But like, the fact that it sounds better than what these artists are currently churning out, to me, I'm like, all right, I want to hear the guy who wrote this. Like, I'd rather hear his music. Exactly. And it's, I mean, I mean, this AI stuff, just another way to take a human out of it. And that's not what the hip hop culture was about. I, that's that's what I hate is when people that have nothing to do with the culture is commanding what's happening to the culture. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and they might even find loopholes. You know, they're no doubt gonna find loopholes. I just hope that they don't make money off of it. <laughs> There was there was an issue. This was like a, a few years ago. In fact, uh, not a few, maybe a couple. And not not that I'm embedded in this world, but it, it, it hit the mainstream news. But there was an issue with a uh, with a porn site that allowed people to to upload images like deep fake. Okay, they would upload images. Oh, the deep fake. Yeah yeah of actresses or even women that they personally knew and they were able to create deep deep fake pornography from from these images and something happened i think they got sued but they found a loophole where they were like well we advertise that it's deep fake or whatever and you know it's like okay it's still unethical because these people don't have they don't they never granted permission for their images to be used in such a way and you know that's cd man that's cd and i don't know i feel the same way about it with 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 some of these you know dead hip-hop artists too you know i mean i i do too because like a lot of times it's not what you do it's how you do it or the and, and also the reasons behind it like there's there's just scammers out in the world like it's always going to be scammers. It's always going to be somebody that's going to mess up a good thing. Um, they're going to take advantage and make it go too far with it to the point where it's like, man, we don't want any of it because you done messed it up. Because I, like I said, I think it would be cool. Like, let's just say that, you know, like Biggie Smalls got an album, like, you know, maybe 10 songs, AI, you know, AI created album. Um, you know, it was like five dollars. And somebody might spend that little five dollars. You know, you waste five dollars on a on some food that you don't even need to eat. You know, like somebody you know toss five dollars there just to hear it. Then it's like you know a little concert or something on on the virtual reality. 
Like, you know, it's like, man, hey, why not? I ain't doing that. Let me see what this is about. I think that's cool. But when you, like, start to, I will say, overuse it. And it's like, now nah, every year, Biggie got an album coming out. It's like, all right, come on. Y'all just, y'all, you know, it's oversaturated now to the point where the cool idea has now become, like, used so much that it's no longer the vibe, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, only time will tell where this is all going, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's weird, man. We're in a weird, you know, time and place right now with media and, you know, music and all of that. <clears throat> but, uh, but let's get into this, uh, this next topic, man. When rappers, hate their own music um i wanted to go go do a few examples of albums and songs that different rappers have voiced their opinions on in their own discography and actually have expressed that they're not fans of these particular uh albums or or songs or whatever and we'll run through on whether or not we uh agree with the with these releases or their, their take on these releases and um and yeah, just just see if they have the right read on, on certain on certain albums and songs. So let's see. We're gonna go through a few ones that are kind of popular and some some that are weren't that popular uh, when when expressed. And the first one we'll start off with Jay Z. He was not a fan of In My Lifetime Volume One. He actually said concerning the album. Hold on, let me pull this up. Um, he said, if you look back on In My Lifetime, there were songs on there that were brilliant. By the way, I don't listen to that album because I think I messed it up. There's so many incredible records on there, but I think I missed having two classics in a row by trying to get on the radio. Do you agree or disagree? Yes, yeah, I, I see where he's going with that. Um... But just just that sentence, or just the, what that statement he said, le- lets me see why an artist could hate an album. It's because they're um, letting go some of the reason they became artists. Like the craft itself, the heart is not involved with certain songs. They're just trying to make radio hits, or they're listening to the. Um, the music label that's just like basically forcing them to make certain types of music. If they make too many of those songs, man, it's just like this album is like, man, I don't even like this album, man, because I was forced to do all of these songs that I didn't even want to do. Yeah, yeah, I I disagree with him. I thought I thought Value One was a was a perfectly fine album. Is it a classic? No. But the the songs that they cite as being bad, they they weren't they weren't as bad as people say. Like people people talk about the city always cite the city is mine. The city is mine is not that bad of a song. Now I know what girls like. Yeah, terrible song. But like if you ask me, Kingdom Come, Magna Carta, Holy Grail, those were way worse albums. 
you know, but uh, yeah, no, yeah. But I understand yeah. from from an artistic integrity standpoint, I understand what Jay is saying. I get it, but I do think this is far from his worst album. Yeah, Let's but like, see. I mean, this could be like, I mean, yeah, I wonder why he would say that. Maybe it was just like at that time he was up and coming as an artist so like maybe they were forcing him like yeah. he didn't have as much creative license like maybe. you know those are those those other albums you mentioned they could just be whack just because out of his own right but he it was just that they was whack or they just weren't as good but this one could be like to him he feels like it's not as good because he was making songs he didn't want to make yeah yeah that's, that's likely what happened yeah, like like for instance, Pimp C. Well, you know he's passed away now, but Pimp C. Didn't like Big Pimpin'. He he did not want to make that song. He was like, man, this is too much. This is too much really? candy. I don't. Yeah, he's like, man, this ain't me. But you know, um, Bun B was like, come on, man, we gotta make it, man. This is gonna be out. You know, this is gonna be for the the world, the air, all the whole world to know us now. This, that, and the third. The pimps, he was like, man, I don't even want to do this candy type stuff, you know. Like, I, this ain't me. But it's what he did it for his boy. But he still, like, he he appreciates what it did for his career, but he still don't like the song. Like, this ain't this ain't Pimp C, you know. <laughs> hmm, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that happens. That definitely happens. This next one, uh-uh. <laughs> Lupe Fiasco, he hated the album Lasers. Hmm. He said, one thing I try to stress about this project is I love and hate this album. I listen to it and I like some of the songs, but when I think about what it took to actually get the record together and everything that I went through on this record, which is something I can't separate, I hate this album. Um, I agree with him. Rumors were there were a lot of a label interference here with Warner Brothers. They wanted a certain type of record with a certain type of sound. And they didn't want him to record another version of The Cool. And you you kind of hear it on this album. You, you definitely hear it on this album. Not Warner Brothers, Atlantic. Atlantic. Um, they said that he, um, after hearing the finished product of the first song or the first version of lasers atlantic sent lupe back to the drawing board with hand-picked records that they felt would be more commercially viable then a not so pleasant back and forth occurred between the artist and label yeah yeah i it's you can hear it on the album yeah you can you can, you can hear it on the album I, I i would agree with this this next one man <laughs> tell me how you feel about this Eminem was not a fan of Relapse or Encore. Now, now that's what I find puzzling that Eminem wouldn't like anything that he does because, especially those two albums, because Eminem has had the license to create whatever he wants for a long time. I don't, I can't say it from his very beginning, like his first album, but it seems like he has. Oh yeah, like like after that first album, it just. <laughs> The sky was the limit. They were like, yeah, we, we're going to trust you to do whatever. I 
I understand him not liking Encore definitely because Encore was the first Eminem album I remember listening to and saying to myself after I listened to it, oh wow, he's, he's really run out of stuff to talk about. And um, Relapse, I liked Relapse. Relapse was cool, but I understand why he doesn't like it because he felt he went to, he leaned in too heavily into the goofy accents on Relapse. And when you go back and listen to it, I, I understand why he would say that, but I still think Relapse was was a fine comeback album. Like, like was it perfect? No. But you could tell he was kind of shaking the dust off with Relapse. Now, is Recovery a way better, you know, album and a step in a better direction? Absolutely. But Relapse wasn't bad, you know. Uh, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Oh, um, yeah, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> I just wouldn't think that Eminem wouldn't like anything that he's made, you know. You would you would think that the album he would he would say sucked would be uh, Revival. Yeah, I don't know if you remember yeah. Revival. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember vaguely. Um, that's that's what surprises me because, like, he kind of really does just does what he wants to do. He doesn't really listen to anybody. He, I don't. It doesn't seem like he he takes feedback positively it just feels like he's just gonna rap harder you know <laughs> yeah yeah um here's one for, uh, for you um let me know if you agree with this raekwon hated wu-tang clan's eight diagrams um i barely remember that <laughs> so uh, what it wasn't street enough for? Wasn't street enough. Wasn't hard enough. Just it was just weak. Um, and I agree with him. I agree with him. And it hurts me to say that as a Wu Tang fan, but a diagrams was was it was it was it was trash. It was it was like four good records on the whole album, but it was like it had been like six years since their last album. It's like okay, y'all should have something better than this between nine of y'all you know what i'm saying like over the past six years something it's just yeah it didn't make sense to me when did uh when did it come out 2007 oh that album okay 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 uh yeah yeah that that's the album when everybody was like basically everybody was saying at least in chicago everybody was like yeah Wu Tang to pull the wool over everybody's eyes from uh, from triumphing. It's like the jig is up. Like they was just saying a whole bunch of words, and it didn't really mean nothing. <laughs> really, I remember being yeah. being particularly disappointed in A Diagrams because so much time had elapsed. It was the first album since ODB had died. And like I'm like, yo, y'all, y'all could have did better than this. It, it was like I said, it was a couple of bangers on there, but nothing, nothing, not much. You got, he said he's hated everything they've done since Wu Tang Forever. Mm. Mm. So, you know, he was just like everything after Wu Tang Forever was just was not it for him. Um, and I, I can see how why he would say that definitely. Here's one for you. This is an interesting one. We'll bring it to Chicago. Common was not a fan of the song Reminding Me of Seth. What was that song about? 
Oh, I'll play it for you. I'll play it for you. Okay, okay, please do. Because you're gonna you're gonna remember remember it immediately. Oh wow! Why yeah. doesn't he like that? He hated that song. He said it was too jiggy, and the record label made him do it. That, see, and this is what I mean when I was alluding to Jay Z to some degree. Um, yeah, now that you say it, like, yeah, like, like Thomas head nod doesn't even work with that beat, you know. <laughs> it did in '97, though. That's the thing. Like, people kind of front on on '90s comedy, man. Like, uh, I mean, the jiggy part, I, I kind of get where he's what he's saying with that, but it, I feel the record works. You had Shantae I'm, Savage on there who was like a dope, you know, R&B singer. And like, you know, I, I, I'm sure you re, you remember Vince, the sentiment in the 90s with like the marriage between hip hop and R&B. That was like a cardinal sin. That was a no-no. If you was a, a true hip hop artist, you did not collaborate with R&B singers. Like that was a no-no. That's something public. Yeah. You know, so like I, I kind of see where he's coming from, but it to me it was the most, it was one of the most memorable records, you know, and and, and beloved by his fans that that he's recorded. Yeah, but if you notice, man, most of the time the artists are talking about they don't like a song or they didn't appreciate the album. It's because of those type of hits, those hits that will do well on the radio. It's like, for some reason, those hits don't make them feel like they're being true to their version of the craft. It's like, it always comes at a at a sacrifice for what they want to do as far as, you know, their craft. It's like, that's just not me. It's just not me. Pimp C, it's just that wasn't me. Jay-Z, that's just not me. Yeah, no. but 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 artists have to challenge themselves too. Like you might think something is not you, but and maybe it's not up to up yeah. to that point. But you could put your own spin and twist on it, like where you can make it you. Because you listen to the lyrics and reminded me of Seth, and it's like it's a uniquely Chicago record, hip hop record. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, we know Ja Rule ain't got no problem with doing. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, and he moved units, man. People, people, people front on Ja Rule, man. People like to do this revisionist history with him, like, ah, oh, he was whack, and uh, Fifty Cent came through and ended his career. It's like, eh, was he whack? No, it did. Nope. Fifty Ja Rule will be, will win in a versus against Fifty Cent, in my opinion. Well, hmm, a versus, I don't know, but you can't tell me that in his prime. Like Prime Jaw Rule wasn't better than Prime Fifty Cent. You ain't gonna tell me that. Oh, like I don't even think Fifty Cent got twenty songs. He he probably <laughs> he probably do, but hmm, Jaw Rule definitely got. He definitely got twenty songs. I'm just I'm just talking about just in terms of raw skill. Like he he was a better spitter. He just was. Ja Rule yeah, was. yeah, he was. You know, here's one that's. You might find shocking. Ghostface Killer said his work between Supreme Clientele and Fish Scale was uninspired. Uninspired. So that would include 
Bulletproof Wallets, and that would include the Pretty Tony album. It's the word uninspired that makes me like pause and think about it. I guess so, man. You know, people could be going through stuff, but they still got to work, you know? <laughs> right, right. He and also people, said he was not a fan of Iron Man. Hey, man, uh, Ghostface has not had the, the most straightforward life. <laughs> like, which shocks me. It's like, man, Iron Man to me is a classic. Bulletproof Wallets is like amazing. Pretty Tony was the, the Pretty Tony album was even better. It, like, it, it shocks me that he was not. It's not that he 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 thinks those albums are whack, but he doesn't think that they're his his best work. And it's like, wow, like it's just that's just mind boggling to me. Like, so this is this is this is not even you at a hundred percent, and you still turned out something amazing. It's yeah, Ghostface is a, a savant, man, because I, I I I'm so amazed at how he's like the worst speaker. <laughs> like he speaks horribly. But I don't know. I think like, he's funny. I, I, I like the way he talks. I think he's funny. You you talking about the way he talks in interviews. Well, I mean, like you have you seen him on uh like the uh those reality shows and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, like you would you hear him speak, and then you hear him rap, and it's like, how, <laughs> you know? I, I, you know what? I, I think the same thing about Common. Oh yeah, because Common in interviews, he sounds like he got brain damage, but like, his 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 lyrics are like so well thought out and so well put together. It's like, is this is this the same dude? <laughs> Yeah, I guess the yeah can have that effect. It's like a uh, little baby, hmm, same yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, here's one for you, your boy Big Sean. He was not a fan of Finally Famous. What well, What did he say was the reason? He said, "I really didn't like it that much on the first album. I wasn't really in love with every single one. I just think it was a timing thing." I was just getting started and getting into a groove and I was starting to feel comfortable right when it was due. <clears throat> really when it was past due and it kind of just effed me up. So basically he was he was trying to meet a deadline with this album. Okay. Yeah, I can see how like I can see where the stress is involved, the anxiety with you know, the dead meeting deadlines. Cause sometimes, man, that'll create writer's block. So it's like you know, he didn't give it his all or not. Just, oh, he felt like he couldn't because but, but he had to get something out. So maybe that's where those old air, old airs came from. <laughs> yeah, I, I have not heard this album, so I, w- I would definitely defer to you on this one. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting, though. That is interesting. Um, Method Man feels that he went the wrong direction with T-Cow Zero, the prequel. This I agree with. Um. Yeah, yeah. That the man has had an interesting career. He has, man. He has. He said. He said I wasn't true to myself on the prequel, for the simple fact that look at who I was working with. I'm not trying to take nothing away from Puff. He's the biggest artist on Bad Boy, but Puff and Meth don't mesh. We don't party the same way. That's definitely true. <laughs> Yeah, I would agree with that. I was—I remember at the time I was shocked 
when when I saw that Puff Daddy was executive producing Method Man's new album, I was just like, man, my world don't make sense no more. Like, what is this? Like, and then I listened to it and and it was just trash, man. Like the only song on it that was dope was the track he did with Raekwon. I, I forgot the name of it. But um man, like that was a turd sandwich. Um, here's another one that's interesting. Uh, Red Man is not a fan of Dare is a Dark Side. Mm. He he said, I was doing a lot of drugs on Dare is a Dark Side. I swear I have not played Dare is a Dark Side uh, since I did it. Seriously, I was so lost. I was so effed up during that album. He he actually Redman actually refuses to perform songs from that album now to this day. That makes sense though. The reasons that makes sense. He's a, he's not proud of himself and during that period of time in his life. So it's like I don't. It's like I don't even want to mention anything or be a part of anything that makes me think about that time. So that makes sense. Yeah, which is which is crazy because "There's a Dark Side" is a dope album. It's like it's it, it's hardcore, it's funky, like it's like it's classic Red Man. You know what I mean? Like or what I think is classic Red Man, but like I actually mess with that record more than I mess with what the album. Um, okay, that's that's crazy to me. Like, but yeah, he is not a fan of that album. Here's one for you. Questlove from the Roots was not a fan of Illidelf Half Life because he felt it sounded too sample heavy, and they were a band. That's a good reason. It's a good reason, but you can't front on Illidelf Half Life. That's that's their second best, and in some circles, their best album. Illidelf Half Life is phenomenal. Like from beginning to end, like it, it's. It's crazy to me that he he did not like that album. Well, I mean, if it sheds, if it takes light away from the band, like uh, I can see why he would say that. Because you know, everybody wants to show their skills off. Yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. Run DMC are they weren't a fan of the track they did with Aerosmith, "Walk This Way." Oh, I get that a hundred percent. I hate that song. And now, and now, yeah, yeah this is the song is so. The song is so. My hate for that so song is justified, knowing boring. that they themselves, the people who made the song, don't even like it. Like, and I keep telling people, like, that song sucks, man. That song sucks. But they, but they, but they made them big, and it made they. It was rock and rap together on one track. And I was like, man, it's whack. This is whack. Yeah. And they probably feel like, yeah, they probably felt like, they probably feel like they might have sold out a little bit the culture for the fame, the prestige of it, you know, because the song is trash, man. Like, <laughs> like when um when 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 Aerosmith gets on it, it's whack, and then when they start rapping on it, it's whack. Like, I don't even, I don't even like the melody that I don't even like that, man. Like it yeah. just does not blend well. Yeah, it's terrible, man. It's terrible. Kanye West was not a fan of Gold Digger. Mm. And when Jamie Foxx talks about how that song came about, Kanye West was the one that orchestrated the whole thing. 
Yeah, and, and and like what's funny is that like I've heard stories before that that beat was actually supposed to go to Shauna. Okay. And she didn't want to do it, so he just kind of did it like on a larf, and it became one of his biggest charting singles ever. So he just kind of decided to just kind of roll with it, but like he never even intended for that to even be his record, um, which is crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah. Um, and, th- and then the last one, I thought this was interesting. Apparently, Five Dog from a tribe called Quest was not a fan of beats, rhymes, and life. Mainly because of what he was going through at the time. He felt like an outsider in the group. He felt like coming to make that album was like going to work. Uh, Q Tip and Ali Shaheed Muhammad had converted to Islam and he had not. And then they also brought in Consequence, who was Q-Tip's cousin, to be on the record. And as a result, he just was not feeling that album. It makes sense, though. Um, It makes sense. The atmosphere was different. He's coming into a a whole different atmosphere that, that he's not comfortable with, so... But he still has to do his job, so... I can see it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's crazy when you hear about artists not liking their own music or their own albums because you 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 hear it and you're like, wait, what? Like that that album was phenomenal. Like, but sometimes people feel different. Sometimes people feel different. Yeah, and man. You know, a lot of a lot of amazing singers hate their own voice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But it's just, yeah, it's funny how that works, you know, like in their head, like it should have sounded a whole nother way. But to you, you're just like, man, what are you talking about? Like, this is, this is amazing, you know, and it's just, yeah, yeah. I, uh, that's just very interesting to me. All right. So let's move right along to, uh, my favorite portion of the podcast, the album Face Off. Um, I call it Battle with the Brooklynites. <laughs> <laughs> um, in one corner, we have Sky Zoo and Pete Rock with their collaborative album Retropolitan. Going up against your old Droog in his album Jewelry. Now, with Retropolitan, it was the eighth LP, eighth solo LP from Sky Zoo. Uh, released September 20th, 2019 on Mellow Music Group, produced entirely by Pete Rock, and it clocks in at 12 tracks and 46 minutes. And it's going up against Jewelry by Euro Drew, which was his fifth solo LP, and it was released December 23rd, 2019 on Mongoloid Banks, uh, clocking in at 12 tracks and 35 minutes, produced by The God Fahim, Quelle Chris, Preservation, Edan, and Cohen Beats. And um, both these rappers are from Brooklyn. Um, both these albums, they kept it tight to a nice, you know, short 12 track, which is cool. Um, but they both definitely represent different sides of Brooklyn, which I find interesting. You said what? Oh, no, I didn't say anything. Oh, okay, okay. So uh, I'm going to give it up to you, Vince, uh, between these two albums, uh, Jewelry and Retropolitan. Break it down for us, man. Which one of these were you feeling more and why? Um, hmm. 
this was an interesting uh, face off because you're because of your old Drew. Um, <laughs> this is the first your old Drew in an album face off, by the way. <laughs> yeah, um, I started appreciating him. I gave him a chance and I started appreciating him. Uh, this one, though, like it's it's, it's some some your old Drew, definitely him. He was he was uh he was doing a taking a logic uh way of things on this. He kept talking about the fact that he's Jewish like that. He kept on bringing that up. It's like that was a common thing throughout his whole album, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, that was not that wasn't necessarily a turn off. It was just like a, a man, not this again type of feel whenever he would do it. <laughs> You sound um, like Kanye. <laughs> yeah. It was more... Um, What's up with all this Jewish stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I just kept bringing it up. You know, it's like, all right, you're Jewish. Okay. <laughs> yeah, one out of ten people in. I didn't know that stat, but okay. Um, <laughs> okay. You said you know, I didn't know uh, that stat, but okay. Yeah, um, yeah, I didn't know one out of four people in Brooklyn was Jewish either. Yeah, so, um, but the album was good. It was a little dark. It, it felt kind of dark, though. You, do you do you agree with that? No, oh, absolutely. Yeah, um, it was like he was taking unnecessary shots too. Like, you know, I guess technically anybody can. He was going for it on this one. Yeah, technically anybody can talk about anyone. But like it feels like what Mario Chalmers is doing with LeBron James right now. It's like, dude, be quiet. Who are you to even talk about LeBron? You know, or, or any of these other artists. But he, everybody can have an opinion. Um, I like I like what he did. He's um he sounds like Nas though. I heard I heard some Nas in his voice. Yeah, he even references that on this album. He sure did. He definitely did. And I was thinking, like, he was sounding like Nas when he was referencing it. Because, like, his his tone has, has, a, has like, this slight feel of Nas. I didn't feel it in, on, on the other albums I've heard from him, but I definitely felt it on this one. Um, but then you got Sky Zoo, who, in my opinion, he sounded like Mickey Fax. I thought it was on a couple tracks. I had checked to see if he was fit- featuring Mickey Fax because the tone sounded really similar. Um, mm. Ultimately, though, I, I chose uh, I chose Retropolitan. Mm. That's Gazoo, man. That Gazoo. I love his. I love the way he was rapping on this, and it was but it was it was behind Pete Rock production. Like it fit well, you know. Um, when I would first hear the beat, I would be like, "Man, it would be nice to have CL Smooth on this." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like not as a, not as a like I didn't like Sky Zoo being on it, but it was just like the beats was so jazzy feeling. It made me think about reminisce over you, or you know, um, like it. It, it brought me into that, so maybe, maybe the um, connect, the connected nostalgia, made me choose that album more. But I just think it was more. Um, I think it was a more enjoyable listen. 
um they both were they both went over quick like it was over like as soon as you started it felt like it was over yeah. and there were no apparent skips for any of them like i didn't feel the urge to like go to the next track on any of them because the way they were rapping held my attention and plus your old drew gets so um exaggerative with his stuff sometimes you just be waiting for the next uh extreme punchline or something or like out of out of the ordinary word scheme rhyme scheme so you'd be looking for that and then sky zoo is more he seems to be more educational with how he raps uh, more informative i would say not educational um but overall, yeah, I enjoyed that Sky Zoo. Like, if I had to like choose what's, what album I would listen to again first, it would be Sky Zoo Retropolitan. Okay, okay. I hear you, man, I hear you. All right, all right, so you riding with the Sky Zoo. For me, man, this was this was a dope and interesting listen um, or uh, album face-off. I felt that I was I, I I put a dope summer album up against a dope wintery album. Um, you did you did exactly that, <laughs> <laughs> and I felt one it, it it was like a battle of a very wordy and verbose flow on the part of Sky Zoo versus someone who kind of takes his time a little more with his flows and bars and. It uses utilizes more pauses to make sure you're catching everything he says, you know, in in, in your old Drew, you know, Pete Rock's beats meshed very well with Sky Zoo's flow and the and the guest appearances were on point. Eastern Conference all stars with with with, with the Griselda cats and 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 El Zai all on one track, man, that was phenomenal. So the, and also the track with um with Styles P was was dope too um the guest appearances were all fire and in i hate to say it in some cases kind of upstaged my man uh sky zoo a bit but but overall he showed up overall he showed up um now with the or yoro drug it, it was dope to hear him celebrating his jewish heritage and you know leaning hard into that both with the punchlines that he he was put in his lyrics but also the samples that he used on you know certain beats he 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 did a lot of he sampled a lot of like um you know yiddish and jewish folk music so that was cool um what did, what did you real quick what did you think of the track diamonds <laughs> um so i when i was hearing the albums i was working so i didn't get to see like necessarily see the track names um let me let me go to it real quick because as soon as I hear the beat, it's gonna um, ring a bell instantly. I still will never get hooked, get used to this dude's name though. <laughs> it is odd. It is definitely odd. Yeah, yeah, this was the one. Man, he sounded so much like Nas on this one. Man, he sounds like Nas. Um, that beat is crazy, man. Yeah, what did you think of that story he laid out? Was that that's the one when he's talking about um uh, he was talking about the um 
the the celebrity who became rich and famous but then like the only reason he was rich and famous was because he had um he had like basically like this jewish illuminati backing him okay because he because he had he had some other storytelling songs too he did because he also had that song generations about the dude who got got killed on his way home yeah 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 shoot they don't have the, the, the lyrics requested here but um basically he was laying out like i'm sure you've heard the hip-hop conspiracy theory about people who get elevated in the game and why they get elevated and he's laying out like a nightmare scenario of this celebrity who's going through the motions of of being beholden to these people and these 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 Jewish people rather and this Illuminati and how he said something in the press that wasn't cool and derogatory and so now they come they come to him and they approach him and they they show him pictures of his family tied up and gagged and they tell him he has to he has to pay for what he said and it's like he's leaning really hard into all this like conspiracy theory stuff that you hear in the in the in the hip hop world about artists who, who make it big and at the end of the track he's like relax it's just a dream you know yeah and, yeah 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 and he kind of he kind of lays it out that like yo if 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 this was real if this theory was real me being a jewish person with skills would have definitely been able to have benefited from it and then in the very next track after that he talks about how like skills aren't really the true determining factor of success and i thought that was like a dope touch i thought that was a dope touch for him to lean into that with that song and lead you along and just for him to end it that way you know um but he paints this really vivid picture you know i thought that was interesting i thought that was interesting overall it's like oh man this was tighter than i thought this was tighter than i thought because i definitely enjoyed the retropolitan more than i remembered i remember when it came out and i, I was kind of on the fence about it um because i wasn't really i hadn't really warmed up the sky zoo yet but i was definitely a pete rock fan but going back and listening to it now it's it's definitely a dope album but I feel jewelry was was more entertaining. I was I was gonna give it to Retropolitan because it was 83 Saturday, sunny. <laughs> I was out with my son, and then like Sunday it rained all day, and then Monday today it was 33 degrees outside. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with jewelry by Euro Drew. I thought it was a more I thought just thought it was a more entertaining album. I thought it was a more memorable album just in terms of quotables like you know, sometimes less is more. Sometimes less is more. You know, I I understand Sky Zoo has a very wordy dense flow, but when it comes to reciting certain lyrics back that you remember I, I just wasn't able to get a whole lot from that project, but it is a dope project. Don't 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 take that the wrong way. Like it is most definitely a dope project worth listening to, but I just felt that your old Drew did a little more. Mm-hmm. I like I like the way you explain it though because uh, sometimes I struggle with that when I'm writing. It's like I'm on every bar to count, but if every bar counts. 
sometimes none of them count, you know, because it's like, if all of the bars are the greatest bars, then none of the bars are, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I get I get what you're saying about Sky Zoo. It's like sometimes it's too dense for um, it to be meaningful. Yeah, yeah. You know, but like Drew, he had this one. He, <laughs> he had this one um, line where he was like, real ones never thought I was a clone. Even with all the conspiracy theorists, my spirit shown. Having bees wet off the baritone. Y'all just rap like I'm the y'all y'all just like to rap like I'm the rap Sasha Baron Cohen. Dude just mad they was passed over like Fredo. How I pull up to pass over with a solid gold Drado. Or the iced out Mazuza told my jeweler two-tone, put some extra rocks on it like a Jewish tombstone. It's like he's got all these like cultural references that a lot of people are not gonna get and it's gonna go over their head unless you know exactly what he's talking about. Or like the line where he was like uh, purporting to end all the horror, doggy, you've been a snorer. You never had to flip snow like MC Shan would inform her. Like referring back to when MC Shan threw snow off the stage at the concert. And it's like certain people just ain't going to get that. You know, certain people just ain't going to get that. (laughs) <laughs> and they and they think one up with the top ten scorer. I might shoot. I might shoot in the foul with eyes closed. You a bench warmer. You know, just just lots of slick lines, man. And it's like he doesn't use a lot of words, but the words he chooses, it's like he he could definitely get his point across. Yeah, and he he does. He has an excellent way of uh, like he he knows how to place his his words. For the most effect. And uh that's why dude is right up your alley, man. I understand why. <laughs> I know why. Oh definitely. He's right up your alley. Definitely. Like, like it's like I I I I am trying to master that. You know, it's like, you know, back in the day, it's like, yeah, I felt like I would have to write 40, 60 bars to impress people, but it's like, no, nah, if you just do 16, but you choose your words well, like people will remember you you know and and sometimes less is more yep you know yeah sometimes less is more and you know i thought the i thought the beats were very unorthodox uh that beat uh he he had for desert eagle with mac homie just that was super hard um yeah yeah you know that was super hard uh babushka i always love when he does the babushka tracks um, and it was weird too, because like the intro and outro of this album was just like this old Jewish singer, like kind of singing over this kind of slow down hip hop beat. So it kind of going into the project, you kind of immediately get no, you know, notified of what exactly you're getting here. And I thought that was, I thought that was cool. I thought that was cool. Like, you know, the whole Jewish thing, like, fine, I'm, I'm cool with that, man. Lean into it. If you're Jewish, you're Jewish, you know, like. Ain't nothing wrong with being, you know, proud of your heritage or whatever. Um, you know, just just don't be no wigger. You know what I mean? Like that. That's what I don't like. Yeah, yeah. Cause he, it's obvious that that was the focus of this um, album. Cause he doesn't do it in any of the of his other albums. He doesn't. It's not heavy with the Jewish stuff. 
No, no. This this album is kind of unique in that because he he very leans he leans very heavily into it the way he he doesn't on on his other albums. You yeah. Know? You know, so that was that was interesting. Um, what did you think of the track? The best to ever do it. Um. Yeah, I need to hear it real quick again. That's the that's the one where he was like, "Tell Common he's boring." Oh no, that right there. That's the one I'm talking about where his opinion <laughs> is very light. Like because it's it's just like I said, it's a Mario Chalmers opinion on LeBron James. It's gonna be a bunch of people that's gonna be like, dude, ain't nobody trying to hit that. But like I do love that he said the stuff he said and he was <laughs> he was very straightforward with it he was man I'm like oh man go for yours dude he said tell comedy's boring and quality he's super boast tell three stacks and black dog <laughs> to make a solo album that's actually dope I'm like whoa and then but then his very next album black thought was on it so you know, right. he, he caught somebody's attention. <laughs> like, yeah, it was smart because I, I wonder because sometimes I be feeling like they be like some artists be giving the other artists a head up. They gonna say something. Oh, because it's not. It ain't about disrespect. It's about just like you know, it's about making art. Yeah, and people can understand opinions and black thought. as opposed. Because he never said he was whack. He never said any of them was whack. He's just like, he born. Your words, too, you, you use too many uh, multisyllabic words. And, you know, he just basically was saying that stuff. Because because Black Thought, when he showed up on that Euro Jew track, Pravda, he definitely t- stole the show. <laughs> like, like, he was like, oh, yeah. all right, I got something special for this. <laughs> He definitely stole the show, so I, I thought that was dope, man. I thought I thought that was dope. Uh, him him going for his like that, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, good good lyricism, man. Good, you know, Skyzer was a dope lyricist. I, I really love the track Richie. I love the track Audacity of Dope. I love the track he did with Raheem Devon. I thought that was it's funny, man. Raheem yeah. Devon. Is 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 probably next to Erica Badu. He he's probably the most hip hop adjacent R and B singer out there. Um, yeah, yeah. If you don't, yeah, if you don't count music soul child. Um, I think he's I think he's he's more hip hop adjacent than music soul child. Is he just when he? When he links up with with R with with I'm sorry with rappers, it just it blends so well. It blends yeah. so well. He understands the assignment. You know what I mean? He does. He compliments the rapper. He doesn't overshine him. And you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I can get with this. I can get with this. Mm-hmm. But the track, the track he had, he had on there with Raheem Devon, Devon was was cool too. I like that. Yeah, yeah, that that was dope. Yeah, I like that. But I, I definitely understand why you were a fan of the Sky Zoo and would give it a give it the the nod. So yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so there you have it, man. Vince is giving a nod to the Sky Zoo and Pete Rock Retropolitan. I can't say I blame him. 
Um, and I'm giving a nod to your old Droog, uh, his Jewelry album. So check both of those out. Check both of those out. Both Brooklyn, Brooklyn artists. So, all right, let's move right along to our typical segment we do around this time, what you've been bumping, where I invite you to share with the listeners what you've been bumping for the past week or so. So, this past week, my man Vince, what you been bumping? Um, I was listening to some Slum Village. Mm. I was uh, I was I got back into the studio because it's been a while. Because uh, I was focusing on the softball for my son, but that, that the league is over now, so I'll be able to get back in the studio. So I was just looking, listening to some beats that I purchased so I could write some stuff. So I was like constantly just going over and over. You know how like the process of writing. Oh, yeah. Going over, going over and over in the beat throughout the day. Counting um, out the bars. Yeah, yeah. Seeing where where the emphasis can be put on certain bars and because you know like all, all of the stuff that you do um yeah i was this just listening to a lot of those beats um i listened to some erica badu and d'angelo oh okay he needs to make some more music yeah you know he elusive um, with that yeah you know you can't find him if you if you ask the atl show the Atlanta show. It's a bunch of D'Angelo's. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that show is hilarious. But um, <laughs> I was listening to some Bilal. Oh, the wow. Throwback. Yeah. Then I've been on this song. Rick James bands, man. I'm telling you, I've been oh, snap. heavy on the Rick James and capturing me, man. Like, dude was amazing. He was, bro. He was, man. Like, and it's the songs that you don't know or you don't hear as much. Like, I'm, I'm hooked on that ghetto life. Um, it's, it's such a funky song. I, I just love the, I love the, the, uh, the, the instruments and the beat. So I've been, yeah, I've been listening to that. Um, but that's basically it. Okay, okay. Um, let's see. For myself, I've been bumping the new Black Thought album. Oh, oh I forgot. I didn't. I didn't. I haven't heard that yet. Oh, okay. new Black Thought album. I forgot. Oh, I listened to that Larry June. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. What'd you think of it? Man, <laughs> man, that is a summer album, isn't it? Yeah, that's it, it. I mean, it it exudes summer. Like I, I will, I refuse to listen to it when it's cold. <laughs> yeah, but bro, I'm gonna be bumping that heavy in the summertime. Like, and the it's, funny it's, part is, since it's out this way, it's perfect because it's getting hot out here now. So bet, him I dropping bet. it now was perfect. I bet. What did you think of the Slum Village track? Oh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I mean, you know, anything Slum Village, I'm here for. 
That beat was oh. sick, bro. Like, it was sick. I was like, ah. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to listen to it tomorrow at work. Oh, the whole album again. Um, Larry June is somebody you got to get used to, though. Um, because his voice does not match his his face, like his body. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's like, whoa, that voice is coming from him. And then, like, you got to get... It takes a while to get into what a person is doing. And once you figure out what he's doing, it's like, oh, this is, this is great stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he definitely occupies the lane, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. I was like, hey, this is... I, when I heard, I'm like, yeah, this is definitely up, up, up your alley, bro. Like, like, in yeah. a good way, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I just been bumping the Black Daughter L. Michael's Affair album, Glorious Game, outstanding album, man. Like, he's got a track on there called The Weather that is like so picturesque. Like, it's it's so picturesque it's 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 a tad inspirational once you once you listen to it it's like you're gonna be able to picture everything he's talking about outstanding album uh check it out i've also been bumping a new currency and jermaine dupree um for motivational use only man bro i i mess with it man like they make a good team currency and jermaine dupree who would have thought like they make a great who would have thought Oh, I gotta do that. What and what? What's the name of the Black Thought out, uh, album? It's called Glorious Game. All right, I gotta. Yeah, that's gonna be happening tomorrow. Both of. Them. Yeah, and then the currency in Jermaine Dupri was surprisingly good. Like it was, it was. It's it's called for uh, for motivational use only. Um, I was also bumping, of course, LL Cool J, Mr. Smith, uh, Run the Jewels Four, and. This this rapper I discovered named Mickey Diamond from Detroit. Um, he did an album called earlier this year called Oroku Saki, and he's definitely an MF Doom disciple. <laughs> the way he raps, the, the type of samples he chooses, and like the way he leans into this villainous alter ego, like and you know how Doom used Doctor Doom. This dude is using Shredder from the Turtles. Oh, okay. And it is so dope, bro. Like, it is so dope. Like, I, I'm like, I don't even know how I discovered this dude, but I did. But like, he's got some dope stuff. He's got some dope stuff. Okay, I'm about to check him out too. Yep, yep. So, um, Jamil did not make it on tonight, so we will have to forego the album anniversaries. But we will be back next week uh, with some more topics. Another album face-off, of course. Vince, man, I want to thank you for hopping on the show, making it what it is. Please, please thank the missus for allowing me to borrow you every Monday night. <laughs> no, no homo. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> no, it's cool. She, she actually um, likes to set the day up in a way where it'll allow me to do it. You know, sometimes just you got to take care of some things, but. Man, I'm a, I, I always be on here when I can. I enjoy the conversations, man. This be this is the highlight of the beginning of my work week. So, <laughs> indeed, same here, bro. Same here. You know, and I, I know it's it's always a tug of war with, with with family responsibilities and whatnot. So, yeah, definitely let her know from me. I, I definitely appreciate it. I definitely appreciate it. 
Oh yeah, I'll make sure she listens to this whole episode so she can get to it at the end. Definitely, definitely. All right, man. So with that, uh, I will be. We will be back next week, most definitely. And with that, I'm gonna bid you adieu, and I'm gonna say peace. Peace. Catch you all next week. All right, for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. Let's get shout, shout. The masked man, they tried to end my story, throw me in the trash can. Yeah. I let it fly like Robert Ori from the corner, save the last dance. Chilling in my B-boy stance, my hands glow like Bruce Leroy. Umbrella Enterprises, Leonard Nimoy. Armored like a Ronin warrior, I need my flowers like Sequoia. Gourmet, the flow is like Goya, Mike Destroyer. I body the nigga that's writing for ya. Hard act to follow, I'm performing right before you. Break a leg, nigga, are you the chicken or the egg? Betting on myself, the realest shit I could've did It's a whole world outside, niggas think the world is big This is grown man biz, you thinking like a little kid Measure twice and cut once, that's what you should've did But you never listen, he's trying to emulate my style Now he look foolish as Daddy Griffin The masked man, your issue's dope but it's all cap Raw rap mask on my face like Rorschach Last year, they were sleeping on me like Snorlax Now we can't speak if it ain't better than four racks The rhymes sound like Borat Wipe my Ken Griffey's on the doormat Lay you on the floor flat, my team killing Norrats Villain with the chrome mask and all that You call April O'Neil, I answered the phone and told you never call back Man, a few words, I don't George Jack Mickey Mantle swinging for the fences with the ball back Going in 60 seconds, know you saw that If I ain't the Ross, what you call that? If I ain't the Ross, what you call that? If I ain't the Ross, what you call that? Jumping over the walls on old mattresses, the savage. We are the savages. We are the savages. The savage. The savage. The savage. We are the savages. The savages. The savages. We are the savages. The savage. Yeah. Who told you poverty made criminals? A self-fulfilling prophecy, they drilling you Think of all the made it with the options at a minimal It takes being creative when they say the block will limit you to savages The raw talent to those who have to live Outside the comfort 
So the norm where the challenges form the outliers in the culture that'll clash with them who own their own style. Cause they can't afford the fashion trends of mantra. The savage mind will not be conquered. The contradiction you find inside the monster with a cannon. That you can't fire without an offer like a phantom. That you can't hide inside the opera when you can't stand up for your gold. They gonna stop it when you can't stand up. Then it's gold. You got an Oscar. What they afraid of later they will applaud for. When that what you were made of later becomes an art form of savage. Up, we are the savages. We are the savages. The savage. The savage. We are the savages. The savages. Savage.